0: Hello, this is Chase McKinney. Please be advised that the messages discussed in this podcast are of a mental health nature. While I am a counselor, I'm not your counselor. This podcast should not replace professional services rendered to you by a mental health professional. If you feel you are in need of one, please seek one out. Hey everyone, welcome to the next and most awesome episode of ReFramed. Um, This time, um, I shouldn't say this time, I should say It's Morphin' Time! Because we are going to be talking about some teenagers with attitude. We are going to be talking about the very first season of Mighty Morphin' Power Rangers. Now before we dive into that um, and unpack that, um, I, I am very pleased to announce that I have a, a dear friend of mine uh, that's going to be joining me um, on the call and, um, you know, once we uh, are on this podcast, I should say, and, you know, once once we get to that, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, Power Rangers and um, our experience, like being um, introduced to it and everything like that. Um And um, also maybe some other things that um, are Power Rangers related um, as it relates to martial arts. Uh, But before we get too far into that, um, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about, um, we'll do this a little bit backwards. We'll just flip it a little bit um, and talk a little bit about some mental health news. And then we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, um, the on the hunt, the weekly hunt portion of this. So. Um, A little bit of information that's uh, coming out right now through um, Counseling Today, which is a publication of the American Counseling Association, Uh, there was a recent, um, and by recent I mean about a month ago, article that came out talking about toxic workplaces um, which might be quote-unquote killing um, clients, meaning um, causing a lot of stress and issues related to... um, Um, you know, workplace and work-life balance and whatnot. And um, the article starts out saying many American workers are overworked, exhausted, and underpaid, uh, defying their biological clocks with shift work, putting in 50 plus hours, uh, 50 plus hour work weeks, and often juggling the work of two or more people, all under the eye of sometimes uh, capricious management. Um, It goes on to say, the idea of work as a mortality risk sounds like an exaggeration, but research, particularly the work of Jeffrey Pfeffer, a professor of organizational behavior at Stanford, um, is making the suggestion that the danger is all too real. Um, Talking about, um, you know, job stress costs employers more than $300 billion annually and uh, may cause up to or upwards of 120,000 deaths per year. Um, there's this, a lot of ongoing research related to this, um, and as someone that does career counseling, um, and likes to do that kind of stuff, like helping people with job life, uh, job work stress and things of that nature, um, you know, it's something worth taking note of and paying attention to, um, uh, let's see, uh, it's a very, it's an interesting article. Um, And it's something that really sheds light on what's going on with work, um, you know, in finding job satisfaction and having um, uh, passion uh, with the type of work that we're doing. Sometimes you do have to just work just so you can, you know, have money coming in so that you can take care of your family um, and, you know, so you can pay your bills and put food on the table. Um, I think a lot of people really want to be able to have, like, passion-filled work. Um, I know that generations past, like, we're looking at, like, the boomer generation. It was just, like, get a job, work the job, and to, you can retire, and then that's it. Um, don't worry about it if you like it or not. Just do it. Um I think that like the shift started really happening with um the Xers. Um and you know even moving into the millennials where it's been more of like I want them from the work. So when you think that shift or, um it can lead to more like, But it's it's worth noting. And and as always, I'll make sure that I get a link up for this so that if you want to read it in more detail, you can. And um, um, go from there. So um, if you have any questions about this, or if you want to talk about it offline after this episode airs, um, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Um, You know, we can have a conversation about work life balance, job stressors um, or even finding a career, uh, you know, that you're that you're trying to be passionate about. You know, you want to make a difference in this world. There's nothing wrong with that. So um, anyway, that's. That's the main thing for um, the Channel 49 News. Um, Again, I know that we're kind of switching it around. Um, But with that, I want to uh, take the time and introduce um, my co-host for um, this episode. Um, Again, it's a a dear friend of mine. I consider him a dear friend. I hope he considers me a dear friend, too. Um, Anyway, uh, his name is uh, Tim Pace um, or Timothy Pace, if you want to be really formal with him. Um, him and I met, um, uh, gosh, I think it's been like three and a half years ago now. Um, five years ago. It's been a long time. Three, five, 16, 22. I don't know. It's been a long time, uh, since I've known this guy. Uh, we started doing some martial arts together and with that, um, I'm going to, um, more or less hand the mic to him, let him introduce himself, uh, to all of you and, um, go from there so tim whenever you're ready fire on your microphone and uh tell us about yourself
1: well uh chase thank you for having me here uh you mentioned the martial arts i've been training in martial arts since i was eight years old multiple different systems i'm also a military veteran multiple times in afghanistan with seven special forces group and actually i was listening to what you're talking about about the work-life balance And it actually really made me think because, you know, of course, I'm an EMT and I've been going through nursing school. And it's really interesting to me because the burnout rates on EMT is only five years. That's the average length of time because 48, 60, 80 hours a week is considered a normal work week. And it's just disgusting to me personally. Uh, that, and there, there's an EMT shortage, so that is definitely something people need to be paying attention to and checking out.
0: So, but, I mean, first first off, um, I do remember, you know, you being a, um, a veteran and, um, you know, I, I, I think I speak on behalf of um, those listening, and on behalf of my family, when I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your service to this nation. Um. You know, being an EMT and also going through nursing school, um, just to kind of pick up on what I was just talking about with the Channel 49 News, what are some things that you you think lead to burnout with EMTs um, in that five-year time span?
1: Well, especially speaking as an EMT, one major thing that leads to burnout is, one, is a major shortage for EMTs, for okay. EMT paramedics across the country. Second is quite frankly, low pay for what we do. Uh, A lot of people don't realize an EMT basic, which is what I started out as, actually in a lot of ways can do more than a nurse can do. Because if we're out in the middle of nowhere and a patient might die, we don't have time to call back to a doctor and check with a doctor. We have to make that call right then there, right then there. But, you know, as an EMT, I was making $12 an hour. That's not, that's, that's pretty good money. But with the stress of everything else, that can make it a lot. And we get frustrated. We want to help people as medics. We want to help people as nurses. But a lot of people don't respect us. They think, oh, well, you're just an ambulance driver. You're just, you know, there's actually a joke in nursing RN, which is registered nurse, which is the vast majority of nurses, there's an inside joke that it's actually only stands for recreation and narcotics. That's our only job is to make the patient feel good and give them drugs. Okay. Whether that's true or not, you know, that's, that's for people to decide for themselves. Yeah. But, you know, then we do our jobs. We take care of our patient. And a lot of times we see, I run a 22 year old woman into the ER with her husband standing there saying, baby, I've got the car, I'll drive you in. She stubbed her toe and was worried that she broke her toe. And my server didn't get paid for that run. We we never got paid for that run. Now, I don't want to make it all about money, but that is something that as EMTs we have to deal with. I could be helping somebody else who might actually need me, and instead I'm taking care of a 22-year-old young woman who she stubbed her toe. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not trying to make fun of the young woman. I'm not trying to put her down or anything. But did that really need to go by ambulance to the ER with her husband standing there saying that she would take him?
0: Right. Right. And, and you know, I think you make a good point that, you know, you you and the, the other men and women out there that are working across our nation doing this EMT work. Um, I mean, you have training to do so much more. Like whether it, I think you can do like intubating and stuff like that. Um,
1: level in uh, in my state of Oklahoma, that's an advanced EMT level.
0: Okay, but still, I mean, you you have some advanced training that you can you know yes you know um, do work with, um, and you know whether it's someone that may or may not be fragile, like with this stubbing the toe thing, or it's someone that's having an anxiety attack or having um, a heart attack, you know, yeah, y- you're you're seeing all that stuff, and you would much rather see, like, more of the hard-hitting stuff so that you may be making well, not, more of a difference in people's lives. Not,
1: not just that. I don't have a problem with someone. The, if the young woman had not had any way to get to the hospital, that's one thing. But she had a way. She just didn't want to sit in the waiting room. Yeah, That's one of those things that you're just kind of like, is this really an effective use of my time and my mon- and the money? Because whether we like it or not, in the United States, healthcare is a business. And those of us that work, we're constantly being hammered by our bosses about this. Yeah, yeah. Now, whether it should be a business or not is a different story. That's a different argument. But you're asking about what's causing the stress and causing the burnout. And we're being told constantly make sure you're getting the Write paper done, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing
0: this. And it, it just creates problems. Sure. So. Well, um, well, well, thank you for taking the time to, to start answering that part. Um, I kind of want to dial it back for right now. Um, cool. And just, um, you know, before we start talking about um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and, uh, you know, the stuff for today... Um, I just want to know, like, what's going on? Like, this is the part of the show where we just talk about, like, what's going on with life. Um, You know, no business, anything like that. Just, like, what's going on um, fun-wise with us or just in general?
1: Fun-wise. Well, (laughs) fun-wise is uh, I have a 11-year-old daughter who is basically turning into a teenager and driving me up the wall. (laughs) She, she'll be 12 next month, or in December. I'm thinking it's November, and uh, yeah, so that's fun. My son, actually, he just got a full diagnosis. My son is autistic, so that is that is. So we're we're dealing with that, but he's actually doing very well. He's very high functioning, no no noticeable delays and anything like that. It's just. He wants things done a certain way, (laughs) so we're having fun learning about that and getting the school going with that. (laughs) Playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption Two at the moment, actually.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I think I saw a picture recently um, of you talking about getting that, like, on when it just it just came out like a day or two ago, didn't it? Yes, uh,
1: it was released Thursday night, actually.
0: So that would have been um, what uh, October twenty fifth. When that came out? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool.
1: i been playing that, uh, taking my kids to the library, teaching them about that and how much fun that can be. So. Sure. Really okay. living life, enjoying the dream, getting ready for Christmas.
0: Hey Chase, are you there? There you go. Yeah, Crystal be here in a few months. It's hard. Um, yeah, I'm here. So Michelle and I, uh, we have uh, we've been busy ourselves, um, going to uh, Comic Con, um, you know, and then doing all this fall stuff um, that goes along with it and everything like that. Um, uh, what was it? We are. What's that?
1: I was saying I saw the pictures of you uh, dressed in your Doctor Who outfits and everything. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I recently um, tried out a new character. I've been doing a makeup test on him for a little bit, um, but I finally pulled the trigger and um, did a Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, and I'm pretty <laughs> happy. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, I wore it yeah. to I wore it to Comic Con and handed out chocolate and said eat this you'll feel better to everyone i took pictures with and just had a great time
1: that sounds like a lot of fun uh sam and i my wife and i actually went to little rock and finally got a chance to meet johnny young Bush earlier this year and that was a lot of fun
0: that's cool and for those listening that might not know who johnny is johnny was the second black ranger who later uh turned into um the Green Zeo Ranger and the first Green Turbo Ranger um, in the Power Rangers franchise. So he's also
1: me- one of the most prolific anime voice actors in the United States.
0: He was on Gundam, I think, wasn't he?
1: Uh, not Gundam. He was on Trigun. He was Vash the Stampede. Okay. Trigun. He's also one of the cats from Sailor Moon.
0: Okay. So yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty awesome when it comes to. Voice acting, which is definitely something that um, I think I aspire to. <laughs> uh, the jury's still out on that one. Oh
1: yeah, and, and of uh, course we got to see the guy we really like. We got to see Jason David Frank at uh, Little Rock again, so that was a lot of fun.
0: I actually saw him um, last weekend, or you know, when I went to Con, and um, got a picture with him, and I haven't posted on any of my Instagrams or. You know, Facebook, anything yet? Um, but it was good. Um, got to talk to him about some stuff, which um, more or less leads into um, us starting to talk about Power Rangers now. So uh, before before we really dive into the material, um, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about how you um, maybe got into Power Rangers. Um, like, did you start watching when it originally aired? Was it
1: sometime after the fact? Okay, so I can actually answer this question. I was born in 1983, so I was pretty much about 10 years old when Power Rangers first came out. And I can remember seeing Fox 23, which is the local Fox channel, starting to put these advertisements on. And I actually had my mother at 10 years old get me up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch Power Rangers when it first came out. And from the moment I watched Dave the Dumpster until I was about 17 years old, I was just, I watched it all the time. I took the toys to school with me. I had the toy morphers with me in my backpack. I just, I loved it. So at 17, I got out of it for a little while. And honestly, started when I got to be about 30, started seeing the actors showing up at cons, and I got back into it at that point. But yeah, I was from day one. The first time it showed, I was a Power Rangers fan.
0: Right on. You know, and I think I have a pretty similar story. I mean, I was was born in 87, so I'm just a little bit younger than you. And um, I can remember, for some reason, when it came out, like seeing it before school for some reason. I don't know if it was like in syndication or what it was, but um, I mean, I would you know, go to school at, like, 7, 7.30 in the morning, something like that, maybe 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, hearing, you know, that that guitar riff going off, like, as the opening theme song started, and, you know, hearing Rita Repulsa say, ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. Time to conquer Earth. And then, like, her evil cackle um, that she would do. The,
1: the epic line of alpha rita has escaped
0: yes yes yeah yes that uh, was uh, for me and, I, and i'm
1: not a person that gets up early and that got me up early
0: yeah i i i was i didn't get into like too much stuff when i was younger i mean the two things that i was pretty much obsessed with growing up was being a boy scout and power rangers that was it mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and like you i watched Power Rangers for a long while probably longer than I probably should have (laughs) um but um from the time Mighty Morphin came out um up until I think I think it was like um in space um which I think is like the I think that was the fifth season fourth or fifth season of Power Rangers something like that maybe sixth whoever's listening to this don't judge me I'm going off memory right now I'm guessing. Um, but In Space was like the last Power Rangers I can remember actively watching, and then yes. I remember kind of seeing some, um, some, some episodes of Time Force, and I thought that was pretty cool, and I actually just finished binge-watching Time Force, and that is a show that I want to talk about on this podcast, because the acting on that is phenomenal. Um, it is. The, the messages are phenomenal when it comes to Time Force, but we're not here to talk about Time Force.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be another podcast later
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah time, i love time force i love the acting and the messages and the morals and everything that goes along with that with that show i should say so um and so, and so, and so yeah, go especially go ahead. for me
1: oh sorry go ahead no go ahead I, I was just gonna say especially for me personally uh i pretty much stopped watching about midway through turbo was when i started to I was older at that point, of course, and cars and girls came along. And really, you know, it's kind of funny to me. I I use this as a way of talking to my daughter now because, as I said, she's about to be 12. And so her friend's opinion really matters to her. I stopped paying attention to Power Rangers because people mocked me for it. Well, now I'm 35, and those same people that mocked me then now see me on Instagram and Facebook posting pictures with the actors or talking about it and everything. And they're sitting here going, man, I love that show when I was a kid. It was so cool and awesome and everything. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait, you made fun of me for liking this as a kid, but now you're talking about how you really liked it. Yeah. That's just a fun little lesson that I use with my daughter saying, like what you like. Don't worry about that. Just like what you like.
0: So, um, so what what exactly um, what exactly about Power Rangers as a franchise do you like? Like what what drew you in and what kept you? Um, like what was it about the show that you really liked?
1: What drew me in? One, I've always been a fan of superheroes. I've always loved Superman, Batman, Robin, the X Men. It's always been something that I've really enjoyed. I've always been nerdy in that way uh and, and i'm not making fun of anybody with that i'm just saying i've always been more into the superheroes and the epic conflict good versus evil things like that and to be honest martial arts and giant robots i mean how how can you not love giant robot dinosaurs there you go and really a lot like you said you love time force i love a lot of the early lessons in the Earth series as well friendship teamwork taking care of each other the environment even uh, even Bulk and Skull, you know, they started out as the bullies, and as they grew up, they became much better people. And a big part of that was they started to see how much better things could be.
0: Right, and so and not to to get too far ahead of everything, because like I, I really want to encourage people listening that if you if you haven't watched Power Rangers um, at all, or you haven't watched it since you were a kid. I would highly encourage you to go back and watch it on whatever streaming platform or whatever way you have to watch it, because it's good stuff. Yeah, it's a little cheesy, but there are really good messages throughout the run of the entire series um, that that are worth considering as an adult. And I think the me personally, the Zordon the Zordon era um, is like the best um, era of Power Rangers. Um, and, like, and that was basically from Mighty Morphin through In Space. But even after that, like with Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue, and then Time Force, which Time Force was the last of the Saban uh, production era, um, I think is just really good stuff all, all together. Um, and like w- what you're saying with Bulk and Skull, their transformation from the very first episode with Day of the Dumpster, which we're going to talk about, up until... Um, more or less the conclusion of In Space, like you see such a powerful transformation of those two characters.
1: And, and I, having met uh, Jason Narby and Paul Shire, Shire, uh the actors who played, that's who they were. <laughs> they are goofy, silly people who have a lot of fun, but have a whole lot of heart. And they truly wanted to show that even the bullies have hidden depths, and hidden. Yes. Them. So that's one fun things. Uh, one episode I always remember is Skull playing the piano, the classical piano, and yes. being so worried that Bulk was going to make fun of him, and Bulk was almost in tears because of how beautifully Skull could play the piano. And then to come come to find out, Jason Arby was actually playing that piano. He could play just like that.
0: Yeah, I think. That was- was an episode of um turbo now that i think about it
1: i think it was zeo actually but it might have been turbo
0: it was, was zeo or turbo that's it was yeah. one of them <laughs> yeah. that's um, a little bit outside of what we're talking about today but yeah and and just out of curiosity um do you have a favorite um season of power rangers
1: Uh, You know, I have to admit, as a child, I really didn't like Zeo all that much. Going back and watching it now, as an adult, Zeo is right up there. Uh, In Space is probably one of my favorites, simply because, especially the ending, is a fantastic one. Mm -hmm. Really? No. Now, I don't have a favorite season, because... They're all so good. Now, Neo's or Saban era, the first seasons, excuse me, are definitely the best in my opinion.
0: Yeah. For me, for me, um, in terms of Mighty Morphin, it's probably like season two, Mm -hmm. Um, especially like from White Light onward when Tommy becomes the White Ranger. Um, yeah, season three was kind of weird for me. Just like seeing how they adapted the Ninjetti powers, uh, and I real I realized that the movie and the TV show were disconnected. But I like right. the movie the movie Ranger suits better in terms of the Ninjetti powers than what we saw. Um, like I had weird feelings about the TV costumes.
1: The 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 TV costumes, especially with the metallic armor later, where they just threw a bunch of glitter on the spandex, mm-hmm. that was definitely very weird if we're talking money Morphin, i have to agree with you i actually do prefer season two over anything and Mm -hmm. especially going back as an adult and i watch and i'm not ripping on the first season at all it's a wonderful season there's a lot of great stuff in it but you know as, as an adult you watch it and Nowadays, I kind of have some issues with some of the choices some of the rangers made in the first season, personally. Uh, there's just some things. Uh, I don't like the fact that the supposed good guys kind of made fun of Vulcan's call right to their faces a lot more in that first season. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's kind of like the 2017 movie. A lot of people really like it. It had some very good qualities, but... I didn't like the fact that the Jason character, who's supposed to be this good guy, responds to the bully by slapping him across the face. Yeah. If if the bully thrown a punch or something like that, and he defended himself. That's different. But just no, I'm just going to slap you because I can. That bothered me as a parent because I wouldn't want my son doing that.
0: Yeah, I think I think apart from from um, you know the Mighty Morphin stuff. Um... I really, I really did enjoy Zeo. Turbo Like, was boring as heck for me. Um, and I later found out some things about the Super Sentai counterpart to that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But, uh, it, and, how, and how Car Ranger was actually supposed to be a spoof on the Super Sentai uh, it, whatever.
1: And, that, and, and I, I think by that point, they also had a slight problem with... Some of the actors were kind of tired of being in there a little bit, and they were ready to go, which is where things happened. Their mm-hmm. life was continuing on, so they were bringing new people in, so they were trying to get this balancing act going. And I think that really did create some issues. And coming off the high of Zeo, because Zio is consistently rated one of the best seasons, they were they were trying to figure out how they could top that, and they just really didn't do a good job.
0: Right right but um, apart from like season season 2 of Mighty Morphin Zeo and then it it for me it's a tie between In Space and Time Force
1: yeah and i can absolutely see that especially uh, especially with now what they're showing in the Boom Studios comics for Power Rangers and we're seeing the team's change develop a little bit so it's creating some interesting things
0: yes and, and with that, um, I do want to officially dive into, um, you know, the reframed portion of this and, um, and talk about Day of the Dumpster and just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in general. And, and, um, and like I was, I was mentioning you, Tim, earlier, um, I think that the first episode does a really good job of talking about and, and showing um, team development, like stages of a team Um, but for those listening, um, you know, this is going to be like our source material more or less, um, that we're going to be looking at, uh, but we're not necessarily going to completely limit ourselves just to this one episode. Um, there are episodes that build upon each other as it relates to, uh, stages of a team, team development. And I think that is important, uh, in the workplace and just with people in general, um, you know that we that we interact with. So, um uh, that being said, um you are I'm dubbing you, I'm knighting you the Power Rangers expert for our show today. Um so congratulations uh Sir Tim. Um how how do you think that that this um this episode in general, like let's just focus on the episode right now. How does this episode um, like, really speak to, like, you know, mental health and also just team development in general? What, would, what do you think?
1: Well, as for team development, one of the first things, of course, is when Zordon gives them the morphers originally, there are clear team dynamics already coming into play. Jason is very quickly established as the leader. Uh, Billy is very quickly established as the techie guy. Zach makes himself very useful, becomes the second-in-command. And Trini and Kimberly, of course, they're the ones there. They're, they're, They're doing their jobs and they're doing everything else. They're the team members. They're the ones that are following and doing what they've got to do. But the biggest thing is they're talking constantly as they're trying to figure out whether they even want to take part in this. It's not just one guy stepping up that you see in a lot of stuff where one guy steps up and starts saying, hey, we're going to do this, 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 and everybody obeys. They're all listening and talking to each other. They're t- talking about whether they even can do this. And then, of course, the putties attack. They morph, and they start to work together. They do a good job. They're backing each other up. They're helping each other. Yeah. So there's not a immediate one guy is absolutely in command. Everybody else just does what he says. They are mm-hmm. helping each other out a lot.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, those are definitely some things um, that I picked up on as well. And, um, oh, what was it? Um, you know, wh- whenever I think about the stages of a team, Um, I think of, and and I don't know if you've like learned this in like leadership courses or or not, but um, you know, what I've been taught and what I have taught to other people is that, you know, there are more or less uh, four stages of a team, forming, storming, norming, and performing. Uh, Forming as the the name implies is, you know, people are coming together. uh, They're, They don't really know why they're together. They might have some kind of unified something or another. Um, Storming, they're trying to figure out which direction they're going to go. They're not too sure. They're kind of button heads with each other. Norming, they're kind of, you know, they're starting to get out of that storming phase. They're starting to perform a little bit, but performing, man, they're firing on all thrusters. They are moving in one direction together. They have a unified purpose, stuff like that. So under um, under something like that, uh, with, you know, like what I just described, how would you, um, like, break that episode down into those four stages of forming, storming, norming, and performing?
1: Um, I would actually have to say that the fourth stage performing is in there, but it's also kind of not. The fourth sure. stage, to me, doesn't come until episode two, three, four, later on. But definitely you have forming, you see that even before they are even teleported to the command center. They're all in Ernie's juice shop, they're talking to each other. They're, these are people that have already kind of formed a group because they're already friends, they know each other. And then they're brought into and given this whole, whole deal about, oh, evil space alien trying to take over the world, space witch, monsters coming down, all this wonderful thing. And I think that that would be in your second stage where you're talking about storming. Because they're not really, they are a group, but they're not in the same way. So they're trying to all figure out. You've got Trini wondering if they can even do it. You have Zach doing the same thing. You have Jason who's literally saying, guys, we got to do this. We can do, we can do this. We can do it. Billy's just, he's along for the ride. He's excited about the possibility of the technology. And Kimberly is the same way. She's, a, she's along for the ride. She's in it if the rest of them are in it. And, again, I mentioned the putty start attacking, they all morph. That, I think, is where you get into your third stage. Okay, may not be all for the same reasons, but they're agreeing at that point, we've got to do the job because we have to do it. We're not, they're not going to let us go. So they all transform, they morph, and they start to work together. And like I said, they're backing each other up. They're helping each other. They are, when one gets knocked on the ground, another one's right there to. Doing- excuse me, is uh, right there to pick them up and help them fight off the bad guys. And again, I'd say that the fourth stage is kind of there in the end when they have the battle with Goldar, but it doesn't really happen until later on. They've gotten a bit more comfortable.
0: You know, there was something that just occurred to me as you were as you were saying some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, when, when you when you were talking about like the putties and them morphing and that being around the, the norming stage of, of, you know, of team development and group formation and stuff like that. Um, I was thinking, you know, there is a, a powerful change that begins to happen whenever Mm -hmm. you, you enter that stage as a, as a team, um, because Mm -hmm. you're starting to, to come together and, Exactly. You're starting to um understand each other's roles and function better. And I think that it's like it's so serendipitous almost um that they're they're more or less hitting that stage of of norming when they're they're busting out their power coins and their they're morphing into the, the respective, you know, colors that they that they are. Right. Yeah, I think that's really cool.
1: And that's actually, I uh, actually, because uh, you talked to this one while I was while we were waiting for the start. I actually went back and watched the episode because I have all the DVDs so that I could refresh my memory on this. And before they actually do their initial morph when they're fighting the putties, they're disappointed. They're all like you said, they're all doing their own thing, trying to figure it out. And it took partly that leader Jason to step up and say all right, guys, we got to do this, let's do it. And that is what created that change. That's what created that morph. But again, it goes back to they all had their roles, but they all overlapped as well. So.
0: Right. Right. And, yeah, I I just, think, I just think it's so cool that, you know, I think this is the only episode that I can recall where they refer to it as metamorphosis.
1: As far as I can recall, yes, it is. And it's Billy that refers to it as that. That's
0: it. Right, and then, um, and then like, after they morph and everything, um, outside the command center fighting the putties and everything, Alpha's like, Zordon, they completed the metamorphosis. Yay! <laughs> yeah. and you know,
1: Alpha, I, I, wonderful.
0: And, and I think it's so cool, too. Like, you think about... You think about um, the word metamorphosis. I don't have a dictionary in front of me or anything. I don't think I need to. But like even with metamorphosis, you think of something uh, becoming something uh, better than it actually is. Something stronger. It's, it's transformative. And that's more or less what has happened to, um, to these five teenagers, these folks that have been chosen to defend the earth.
1: And it's it's a truly interesting thing because, of course, speaking as a military veteran, we speak about metamorphosis from civilian to military mindset. And I'm not trying to commend. There is a difference in thought pattern afterwards. And I think the Rangers would have a similar thing going on with their life. Because before, they're 14, 15, canonically, they're 14 to 15 to 16 years old. In this show, and now they're being told that they are the last line of defense for the Earth, both first and last line of defense. And it does change them. It changes the way they look at things. It changes the way they look at life. Yes, and that that's one of the things that I truly like about Power Rangers is it does show them changing the way they deal with other people changes. So. And and to a, to a real extent, one thing you see a lot in every season is the who are their closest friends, the other members of their team. So that's that's a truly interesting thing to me about Power Rangers. And you're talking about team dynamics. Really close teams become that way.
0: They become like they they become a family. They become like a surrogate family for you, more or less. Exactly. So let's let's, let's just, let me just take a a quick pause with this real quick and kind of continue with that idea. So if if you don't mind me asking Tim, where around what time in your basic training or just in your military, you know, time experience, did you feel like, you know, the people that you were training with were becoming your family? Like where, where was that happening for you?
1: You know, and it's, I can only talk about my own experience. I don't know everybody. But for me, it was so gradual, I didn't really realize the change. Um, There was no serendipitous moment. There was no eureka moment for me. It was just the day I stood there in my class days and graduated was kind of the sort of slow realization of the idea that I'm now part of something other than what I was before, maybe bigger, maybe better, not, you know, not going into any of that, but excuse me. Um, I can, if I see somebody and I can speak with them and, and I, this is something, especially in the veteran community, we always shake our head at people who want to claim to be veterans or claim that they were part of something. And I'd like to, I, we joke about the fact that, You can spend five minutes talking to someone, and you know for sure whether they actually did anything in the military or not, or whether they just pretend. And there's just shared experiences. There's attitudes that you can't get any other way. There's details. There's shared experiences. Even if I was on Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and the guy I'm talking to was at Fort Wainwright, Alaska— there are similarities in the military things that he and I both had to do, even though we're a thousand miles apart. That we both know that feeling, and so it creates a brotherhood, a union, I suppose, that is very hard to fake.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you're you're very right about something too. I mean. Um, even though, um, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, maybe not, um, but I, I, I've I, tried to serve this nation, but I was medically um, DQ'd through the ROTC program that I went through. And, you know, I wish, like I said, I wish I could serve, but at the same time, you know, you know, um, it's fine also. Um, there are other ways to serve this nation, and um, and. You know, although it's not military service, there have been countless other um, organizations and things that I've had the opportunity to be involved with that I've had those shared experiences with folks and, and, you know, and, and growing with the people that I've, you know, been with in, in whatever it is, whether it's like with school right now in you know, in the, the doctoral program that I'm doing. Or it's through um, the Boy Scouts and, like, doing, like, week-long trainings or, you know, adventures or whatever. Like, you know, you think you know someone, but when you really, like, are spending, like, 24-7 with them and you're learning about who they are and how they function, um, it changes you, man. And you get, like, that much closer with each yeah.
1: other. Um, you mentioned the Boy Scouts. I I stopped very early on in Boy Scouts. Uh Part of that was simply the Boy Scout in my area is not really supported, sadly. But I do have a very good friend who, like you, is an Eagle Scout. He, he made it to his Eagle Scout. And, you know, you and him met. There would be things you could talk about. I would have no clue. I, right. I just wouldn't. There are experiences you've had. And that's the same way with the military. You mentioned you tried to join, and I, I applaud you for even trying. There's a lot of people who don't even try. But that's just, that's, that's to life. That's humanity. Yeah. And we can't look down on people. I, I know plenty of people, I can't stand them, military
0: veterans that look down on people who didn't serve. That's, that's stupid. It's, I'm sorry. It's foolish. All right. And, and this is, in this, um, you know, idea about military service. Um, I I don't want to, you know, if, if, if people listening to this get upset at me for this, then, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but this is mine. Part of me wishes that in a way um, we were like Israel in the sense that, you know, you have to serve um, the nation for a certain (laughs) amount of time because not, not everyone needs to, you know, be out there, you know, um, deployed you know in iraq or anything like that you can fly a desk and do administrative work for the military and the government um that's just
1: i and of course you know uh, again same thing if i offend anybody i apologize i don't mean that um i don't mean that i feel i actually agree with you chase not everybody needs to be an infantryman that was my first mos while i was in the service I was an eleven Bravo. I was an infantryman. I got my blue cord, but I also recognize that for every infantryman like myself, there's eleven to fifteen people providing support that make my job doable. Yes. So I don't, I don't give a. It, my job was important, but it wasn't the most important. And I'm, honestly, now that I'm older, I'm 35 years old now. The medics were much more important than I was. They kept us going. Food was more important than I was because it's just the way it is. Um, I can think of a lot of works projects that would be better served if everybody were required to spend a couple of years doing things for state or local or government or federal government. Uh, And it would actually possibly solve some of the problems we have with education if we sat there and went we're going to teach you a trade so that you've got a job um up in ohio which is a very interesting state they actually have a votech program that i support fully that allows kids in high school as young as 16 to get their emt basic and they do this one because there's a shortage of emts they get college credit for it and they can actually see do i really want to get involved in medicine and yeah. thought, well, I want to be a doctor later on, so let me get started young and see if I actually want to do this. And yeah. I support that wholeheartedly. That's a great idea. I wish more states would adopt that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Now, um, now, getting back to to Power Rangers, um, some some other some other ideas that aren't always uh, readily taught um, when it comes to like stages of a team. Um, at least up front, like, you get, like, the basic, like, a basic type of training where it's forming, storming, norming, performing, like we talked about at the beginning of this, Um, but you also have um, other stages um, called, like, um, reforming and also adjourning, and and those things can kind of happen at the same time, adjourning, meaning, like, the group is breaking up, or, you know, reforming, like, the group is, like, changing, whether it's, like, um, the structure of the group um, or it's like new members of the group being added or members being taken away. Um, yeah. I know I know that like for what we're looking at right now, Day of the Dumpster, uh, which is the very first episode of Power Rangers, period. It's season one, episode one. It kicked this whole thing off. Um, there are other episodes that happen um, in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers run. Yes. Um that kind of speak to this. Um, um, we don't have to reference specific names of episodes, but like what would be some good examples of that, Tim, that that come to mind in terms of like the reforming and the adjourning well, and how that affects like team development?
1: Well, I, I know you said we don't have to name specific episodes, but there's two that I'm going to reference real fast. Sure. The first one is, of course, the probably one of the most famous Miniseries in all of Power Rangers history, which is Green with Evil. Yes, uh, you know we both we both train have trained with uh, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy, the original Green Ranger. And of course, for brief synopsis for those of you that haven't seen it, it's the bad guy. She has her own Power Ranger. He's more powerful than all the other Rangers. She literally mind controls another teenager, gives him this power, and for five episodes, he just wrecks the team. He gets rid of Zordon, he breaks Alpha twice, the Megazord is almost destroyed, and just, he wrecks them. Yes. And it's only by actually working as a team, and I mean truly working as a team, in the final episode of Green with Evil seed Part 5, they're able to defeat him, break the spell, and he then joins the team. And the reason I bring that up is most everybody that's studied Power Rangers knows Green with Evil, but there's another episode, a couple episodes later, that I truly love, and it's the episode Gung Ho.
0: Yes, fantastic episode, absolutely and fantastic.
1: The thing that is, makes this episode unique or special is they are. This is actually where they get Titanus to form the ultimate Megazord, the Ultra Zord. Yes. What makes it great is. Jason and Tommy, who are butting heads, because remember, the Green Ranger is actually more powerful than the entire rest of the team. Even without Rita's magic, he's still the most powerful Ranger. They're butting heads. Jason and Tommy are butting heads. Jason's the leader. Tommy's the most powerful. There's a little bit of head-butting in whether or not they should even do this. So Zordon sends them to go get specialty blasters, as they, the gimmick, or the kind of ruse that Zordon does. And they Jason and Tommy have to actually work together to the point where it's actually the first time we ever see the armored red ranger. Yes. Titanus, the guardian of these blasters. Tommy gives Jason his shield. Jason gives Tommy the power sword. And they're defending their, their uh, Tommy distracts Titanus and goes and gets and Jason goes and gets the blasters. And the entire idea, this whole episode name actually comes from Trini, the L Ranger talking about the teammate, or Tommy and Jason really need Gan which they claim is Chinese for teamwork. So, and it's, the whole episode is really about how they can work together as a team. How can the leader and the most powerful one work together?
0: So there, there are um, um, some leadership uh, principles that I can remember learning um, as a teenager and two of them were um, understanding the needs and characteristics of the group um, and also understanding and knowing the um, resources of the group. So, um, so not only knowing, you know, what each other needs and, you know, what makes the group the group, but also um, knowing what you have at your disposal to be able to be a, a high performing team. And I, that's what I think is so cool about like those episodes that you cited. You know, like for one, I mean, there are other Red Rangers out there, but Jason is, um, from what I understand, he's considered to be the most powerful Red Ranger out of every single Red Ranger. You look at any of the, you look at any of the um, surveys, and yes, probably the most popular too. Um, but you look at like surveys and polls out there that, like, look at all 20-some-odd Red Rangers that there have been through the entire run of the Power Rangers franchise. And Jason is the only one that has been able to take on Tommy and actually, you know, take him down, basically. Yep. Um, so, well, like, that that's a feat in itself.
1: Well, and even look at the 10-year anniversary special of, uh, and I can't remember what it is, but it's the one. Red. Where all the Red Rangers, all ten Red Rangers at that point, come together. And what do they all do? They're all waiting on Jason. They're waiting on the first. And when he comes up, they're all just awestruck to meet him. Yes. Everybody knows Tommy. Jason is the one they were waiting on. Yes. So that that's interesting to me. Uh, because, like you said, it's that leadership thing.
0: Right. And then so like that's that's kind of like a reforming thing because, you know, the, the five teenagers, the, the first five Rangers that we meet and are working with for, you know, probably the first third of season one, um, you know, they've they've worked well together. They've been friends. They've they've been through, you know, all these fights to save the earth together. And now here they are. They're adding an enemy now as a friend um, to their right. lineup, And right. Uh, fast forward to, oh gosh, what is it? I think it's like, if it's not, I can't remember if it's season one or if it's season two, please forgive me, uh, Tim and anyone that's listening, but, um, it's the power transfer. Right. When, when you have, um, Tom or not Tommy, when you have Jason, you have Trini and Zach. So you have the red, yellow, and black Ranger, um, basically leave, and you have three new teens that that come on board and you know take on those powers. Right. Um, that's that's like an adjourning and a reforming all in once. It, basically, it,
1: it is especially the way it comes about. Uh, that was actually after White left, because so,
0: it, so that was that had to have been like in the second season uh, around like episode fifteen or twenty, I think.
1: Yeah, that was about midway through second season. And it was especially interesting because, of course, Rocky, Adam, and Aisha showed up before they actually became Rangers. They weren't okay. just picked up. They, they showed up before and actually competed against – or not against, but they competed. So they, they, would, they did not just show up out of nowhere. We got to know them before they became Rangers, and they actually discovered the Rangers' secret, secret identities before they became Rangers. So – yeah, you're right. There was a journey there already. It was an interesting change coming about. And it was also a unique one because Rocky is of course the only Red Ranger who was not the leader of his team.
0: Yes. Yes. And Tommy and Tommy not being a Red Ranger became the leader after getting his second set of powers as the the White Ranger.
1: Yeah. And, and and of course there's all kinds of behind the screens reasons for that, which was very interesting. With uh, you know, Jason David Frank was originally only contracted for ten episodes.
0: And the you ten know, episodes was because that was the amount of footage that was had, you know original to the Super Sentai that that was they were using a stock footage basically.
1: Right, and he was so popular that they brought him back.
0: There were, um, I think I remember hearing in like a couple different interviews that there were kids that would not eat or sleep um, unless Tommy (laughs) came back to the show. Like, there were apparently parents writing to the studio telling the producers this stuff. That
1: is the urban legend. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that I wrote a letter to Saban (laughs) saying that I'm coming back. Because, of course, um, like a lot of kids, I was. A Jason fan at first. He was the leader. He was the red guy. He had a T Rex. I mean, come on, how can you how can you not like that? And then Tom showed up and well, he had a dragon and that beat the T Rex. So we're good there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he had the shield. I mean, you had to love the shield.
0: Yeah. Um, something something that I think is is important uh, when it comes to like team development is understanding that. You know, you have these like four to six some odd stages that you're going through um, mm-hmm. and that we've covered so far, and they don't necessarily happen in order. And you don't. And just because you get to one doesn't mean that you keep going or that you stay there. In reality, like you're you're really going back and forth through all these like at different times. Uh, do you, do you
1: really are. Um, you mentioned talking that you wanted to stay mostly on season one, which is fine, but we do need to talk a little bit about season two, especially since you brought up the reforming of the team with Rocky, Adam, and Aisha showing up. That then changed the dynamic of the team, which we saw them, of course, with the original five and Tommy, even when Tommy came back as the White Ranger, even as the, the dynamic was still very similar because they all knew each other, they knew how to work, they knew how they were going to react. Kimberly was still the heart of the team. Uh, excuse me. Kimberly was the heart of the team. Billy was the tech guy with Kim, with Trink as a backup tech, backup heart, the one who kept calm and kept them together. Jason was the leader. And even in those early episodes of The White Ranger, Jason was the second in command, but he was still kind of the battle leader, if that makes sense.
0: Like a field commander. The-
1: exactly. Yes. And Zach was still the guy who... They had fun, could always be counted on. And then suddenly three members of that team are changed. They're no longer the well-functioning team where they knew what each person was going to do in a fight. Now they have to learn about these new guys that are their friends, but aren't don't have those shared experiences with them. They don't know exactly how these three new guys are gonna jump. So we go back now to stage 2.5 kind of. Yes. So and that just changes. And then, of course, later on, Kimberly leaves. Catherine comes in. She becomes the new Pink Ranger. We have a new Yellow Ranger at the start of Zeo. So the one interesting thing about Power Rangers, especially through those first six or seven seasons to the end of In Space, it's one continuous team, but the members keep changing. Yes. And so the dynamic keeps shifting back and forth throughout the whole thing. Yes. Even to the point where in Turbo... We lose Zordon, the mentor, the guy who's really been the wise father figure. He has to leave. And now we have someone new that we're trying to figure out. And she's changed the way things are done.
0: Right. And then, like, not even not even with Zordon, who has been this mentor figure, like you were saying, um, for years. Um, like, losing a mentor sucks. You know, it's like someone oh, yeah. that you rely on that that you can go to when you need, like, wisdom and advice on stuff. And that's who he was for the team, and, like, you have this new person who's trying to be the mentor, but they haven't... They don't have any, like, buy-in with the team, really. They're just there and and stuff. But, you know, apart from Zordon, you also have um, a loss of an associate as well, um, in yes. a way, with Alpha. Like, with the personality Alpha. change of Alpha that you um, experience in um, the second half of Turbo, more or less.
1: So, it's... I mean, it just is a fascinating study on group dynamics the Yes, first and then then you even get into in space and you get to the very end and the choice that andros the red ranger has to make at that very end i mean that is an ultimate choice of a leader that you know we all pray we never have to come in come across
0: right and we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone we'll let people get to um Power Rangers in space and let them experience whatever choice he has to make. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so we've talked a lot about about this stuff, okay? Um, you know, with Power Rangers and team development, group dynamics, um, in, in your opinion, what is the biggest takeaway of everything that we've, we've talked about so far as it relates to this stuff?
1: my thought on the biggest takeaway on all of this.
0: It doesn't even the I have biggest, to be the biggest takeaway. It could be a couple takeaways.
1: You know, I, I have to think about it for a second because there's so much. I mean, flexibility, communication is honestly probably one of the biggest things that I can see about this. And that goes for, you mentioned mental health earlier, communication. The Rangers worked well and they did what they did because they all were talking, they were all communicating, they were all being together. They were being friends. They weren't, you know, I think too many times people come in with preconceived notions of how the team needs to work, uh, especially, as I said, being ex-military, I saw it a lot, toxic leadership was people who came in, especially into new teams, or into established teams coming in and taking over, and they, do, they had their own ideas And they weren't willing to listen to the other people yeah so much so that i think is probably one of the biggest things that i see personally is be willing to talk be willing to gel with the team and remember that you're part of a team
0: yes and and yeah no go ahead go ahead i I just i think back to you know other jobs other careers that i've had and and the leadership, they do what they think in their own ro- uh, mind is right to do, but they don't always understand their um, their followers, the, the, the other people they brought on board. And understanding is such a key thing, in my opinion. And I, I really think that Power Rangers uh, – does a phenomenal job of creating the understanding of, of expressing it, of showing it. Um, because whenever you, whenever you feel understood, not just with teams, but just in like life, right. Um, you, you feel so much more appreciated. You, um, I know I do when I feel understood, whether it's by you or the people that I work with or that I'm friends with. Um, there's just something so positive about that. I love it. Um, and, you know, like, like with us, you know, doing um, martial arts with um, Hanshi Frank, um, Hanshi Jason David Frank, um, you know, there, there are things that I didn't understand. But, like, you know, being able to express it and, you know, you and people like uh, uh, Matt Black or Matt Simpson, whatever his real name is these days, uh, <laughs> uh, and Robert and Brock um, people like that, like that, just made a world of difference to me, and I felt like I was able to be a more effective team member with right. the martial arts that we we're doing together.
1: Right. And speaking as someone who's been in that leadership position before, one of the things I have found is by uh, by talking, I may not agree with your thoughts or your point of view, and I may to some, I may for example, giving orders to my soldiers. I may give them orders that they don't want to do, but because I could talk to them and I could explain to them, hey, look, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, it makes it easier for them to stomach, well, I really don't want to do this, but okay, I guess we got to do this stupid junk. Some of the worst leaders I ever dealt with in the military were the ones who sat there and said, you're going to do what I tell you to do because I'm the boss and you're going to just shut up and do it.
0: Yeah. So I I, I want to start to to, to wind this down, uh, we've had a phenomenal conversation with this, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have you come back sometime and talk about other I, Power Rangers stuff, whether it's season one, two, yep. or, you know, in space, whatever. Um, is that something oh, yeah. that you're down for doing again?
1: Absolutely, man.
0: I'm I right, come have, back. We have you on record for it, so that, this is great. All
1: right. <laughs> yeah. You um, know me, I think so much.
0: <laughs> but, um, uh this is good stuff. And um, for anyone listening, um, like I said at the beginning um, or somewhere around the beginning, if you haven't had the opportunity to uh, to watch this stuff or if you you know, passed over it when you were younger, um, if you can get over some of the initial cheesiness, because you got to remember, this was a kid show. But if you can get over some of that stuff, you're going to find yourself um, looking at some very um well-timed messages that can be applied at any stage of life um and you know while we're talking about you know Power Rangers specifically and how like it affects group dynamics like you look at stuff like um um like in space for example which um is still part of the Zordon era like we were kind of talking about you're dealing kind of with sacrifice with that and then like when you look at Time Force you're looking at stuff related to like race and class and things of that nature and it is it is so good and um, Mm -hmm. anyway um i just want to wrap that that part up so tim thank you so much for uh being with us um if anyone wants to uh get in touch with you um are there ways that they can like if they want to do like social media or or anything
1: yes of course i mean there is uh my instagram which is timothypaste7 just seven. You can contact me through there. Or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's really easy to find me. I'm the guy with the Green Ranger helmet that's basically saying, no, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a Power Ranger. There
0: we go. There we go. And, and guys, I have um, I have met Tim in person. Um, he lives in Oklahoma. <laughs> I live in Texas. Uh, we met, I think the la- one of the last times I saw you was like a year or two ago uh, when we yeah. were at the North Texas Irish Texas festival or something like that Uh, i
1: need uh, i need to make a date trip or something down there and we get together and train or
0: something yeah yeah i'm uh i'm probably going to be testing for green belt hopefully um in january january of 2019 and um i don't know if you're still doing the belt system or not but yeah it'd be that'd be so much fun Um, we should do that
1: I am not currently with uh, Hanshi. I'm not doing any of the belt testing simply because the goal, once I graduate with my nursing next May, is we'll be moving to Houston. And I will be coming in and we're actually going to be teaching part-time in Hanshi's dojos, teaching Aikido in Hanshi's dojos. I will be, in December, I'm going to be testing for my Nidon in uh, Iki So,
0: Nice. Well, good job. Uh, let me just say a few more things, and we're going to close this out. Uh, beyond the frame, um, this is the, the time of the show where we get to hear, um, you know, different from different messages or different listeners and stuff like that. And uh, recently, um, had someone um, share with me that they uh, truly enjoyed the Mary Poppins episode that uh, came out most recently, and um, they said that was the um, uh, what would they say well, let me get to it. Um, best show um, so far. Um, so thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that you you really enjoyed the the Mary Poppins episode talking about work and life balance um, and um, anyway so that's that's it for the show. We're gonna close this out. Um, again, thank you Tim for your time today. Uh, I'll, we'll make sure that we stay in, in um, contact with each other. Um, he's a great guy guys Um, just you know check him out ask him some questions if nothing just give him a couple likes on his stuff on instagram um as always if you want to get in touch with us you can send us an an email at reframedpod at gmail.com you can also um, get in touch with us interact with us on uh, various social media we're on facebook instagram and twitter all under reframed pod so that's it for today Um, remember to, uh, take care and stay dapper. See you later. Bye-bye.